We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green, and also special guest of the show. He writes for Prospect 1500, Andrew Rhodes. Andrew, how you doing? Doing fabulous. How about you guys? I'm not doing too bad. I'm excited to talk with you. This is the first time I've actually talked with you besides Twitter. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to Talk prospects, really, because me and you are very well versed, and even Nate is very well versed in in the prospect world of Angels baseball. So I'm excited to talk, Nate. I didn't forget about you again. How you doing? Always, always great. That's 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 what we had. That's the enthusiasm tonight, Nate. Hey, you know somebody's got to bring the juice, and I was expecting you to bring some juice tonight since I've been carrying the load for the past couple of weeks. All right, enough with that. Enough with that. So. <laughs> As always, you guys like to know, I like to start the show off with a question, and this is a question for all of us. I'll start with Andrew. Andrew, who's your favorite prospect in the Angel system? I'll add with that. Oh, it's it's definitely Kyron Parrish right now. I am ecstatic about this kid. This kid. Why is that? Uh, I think he's got a tremendous eye. Um, I love his incredible speed. There was there was a whole week where he was just. Actually, before he went down with injuries, he was leading the league in, uh, I think, extra base hits, hits and was in, or was top ten in extra base hits and top ten steals. And he would, he's just flies all over the field. And I just, I think he's going to be a future shortstop in the big leagues. Yeah, I, I really like how much they let him run to start the season off. I think I was talking with Taylor Blake Ward about it, and his first like twenty games or something, he had. 12 stolen bases or something crazy like that. He had, he had almost like a stolen base a game and every single time he got on first base, he tried to steal second base or every time he was on second base, he tried to steal third base. I think it it was almost, it was like, it was like 20 stolen bases and 16 attempts. And he got on base like 20 times or something like that. It was, it was something crazy. And he had three, three home runs and a triple or something like that. They're just letting him run. And I, I love that philosophy down there. 
Yeah, and he it was literally a series against um, the Mariners, and it was Novelli Merte and him, and they were going hit for hit back and forth. Yeah, yeah, I, that it's always fun. I love the prospect world. That's why I do prospect. I, I just think it's I think it's so much more fun. There's so much more to more to cover, and you know those those players really deserve it. They they really do, and everything they have coming for them. Uh, this off season and and next off season or and next season with with the housing and stuff is is huge. So Nate, I think I know your answer for this one. Who's your favorite Angels prospect? Yeah, you know I love Kyra Parrish. I think he's going to be really really good. I also am a huge fan of Jordan Adams. I know Jared already knew the answer to that one, um, and I'm not really too worried about the down down year this year. I mean, I know he had some injuries, and and probably honestly knowing how guys are, they want to rush back knowing that he was a, a top five prospect for the Angels who want to be playing so he could move up the ladder. Um, I think this guy is going to be one of the most important pieces for the Angels in the next three years. Um, it, either he is the number one guy to get traded for pitching or he's the guy who allows the Angels to trade Marsh or Adele to get pitching. And honestly, it makes it a lot easier if, uh, if you want to move Trout to a corner when Jordan Adams comes up because this kid can play defense and he can cover a lot of ground and he's just extremely fast. I think might even, might even be one of the fastest guys in the MLB if he were to get called up uh, today. So yeah, it, he, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, the Byron Buxton comp. I know Jared doesn't love that comp just well, because. No, no. I put that on my top 50 prospects. So I, no, I, I know you like <laughs> You don't like the. You don't think that Buxton's that good of a player. Where Buxton could have been the MVP if he played the whole year, but nevertheless, uh, Jordan Adams is going to be a really, really good player. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's it's really nice to see. Uh, he actually started picking it up after, uh, later on in the year, which is nice to see. Um, you know, getting back from the injury, and then you also got to remember that, or if you don't, you're not aware. High uh, Tri City, the place where our uh, high sit or high. Team plays is actually the worst hitting uh, stadium in the league, hmm. in the minor leagues. It's it's the worst. So if you understand that, you can see kind of how the numbers want, may not be there. But unfortunately, we don't have TV to actually evaluate more of the other stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the ballpark ballpark factor with Jordan Adams because that was one of the first things that I was that I was told about Tri City was. Don't look into the stats there at all uh, on, on both sides, really, because if what you just said, you know, like there, it's it's a tough ballpark to play in. I know I saw a video of Jordan Adams, the inside park home run that he had, and that ball's out of the park. That ball's out at, in most stadiums, and I'm gonna go visit there this summer because I'm up here because I'm up there now, and it's oh, wonderful. Yeah, I, I'm excited to go check out the park and, and go see everybody who's there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, for, for Adams, it's just a stop messing with the swing, the angels. I, I think there are a lot of, a lot of players that they do did this with. Jeremiah Jones was one of them. Uh, Jeremiah Jackson's another one where it's every single year they try a new swing with him and you know, it's sometimes less is more with some of these guys. And I mean, the athleticism's there. You want to call him Byron Buxton? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm all for it. So on to my favorite favorite and i'm air quote this i guess most upside errol vera i i love the kid it's it's unbelievable it's a sweet swing from both sides of the plate I, mm-hmm. can i throw a two in there because i like adrian placencia as well i think adrian placencia has 
the nice the nicest switch hitting swing that I've seen in the minors since I've been uh, since I've been covering you know the minor leagues. I, I haven't seen something sweeter than this. It's 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 a lot of fun. He's putting on a lot of size. We've seen the the power come along. I know it's an AZL, but hit balls out in the AZL at that age is not easy. Um, it, it, especially with what the pitchers that you have down there, there's not a lot of command. So, you know, the, the power that we saw and then same thing with Vera, that, that the power, the gap to gap power that we saw with Vera at the AZL. And then, and then what we saw, he, he is, he's different. The kid's different. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Vera brings to the table. And, and I'm kind of excited to see what, what you have to say about him, Andrew. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in it. I, I will say, I don't know if he's the sweetest because we've got some pretty good swing uh, switch hitters in the Angels farm system with him, uh, Arovera, and then of course Edgar Quiero, who's I'm really interested in. Like he fascinates me, um, and they like he's got a sweet swing like from both sides of the plate too. Simple, easy, very repeatable. Um, I'm interested in him. I'm not sure. I. It's tough to judge a prospect. I mean, he did do well in Arizona, and that's important considering his age. And then also he's coming up, like, again, he's experiencing the U.S. for the first time. So that's always difficult. Um, so it's it's he's really interesting. I would like to get a better look on him to really give you more, more than I'm intrigued. And just, you know, I want to see what he does forward as he goes forward. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, I've... Uh... I've seen – he's one of those guys where at the end of the season I was just turning on um, games and watching his at-bats because it was okay. just – it was just one of those things where I would just go on and watch only his at-bats late in the season and see what he oh, would yeah. do. And it was it was just an advanced – everything was advanced. You know, at the plate he was taking pitches that you don't see major leaguers take. So that that's the one thing that, you know, yeah. really really fires me up with him. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I like we said – we, I think we all like the minor leagues. We all know exactly what you know this brings to the table, and, and I'm excited for the Angels' future. I think they have somebody I, – I don't know who it was. Uh, it might have been Baseball America that said, if you looked at the Angels' uh, the Angels system as potential, they'd be a top 10 system in, in, in major leagues. But you look at them right now, and, and they're not. And that has a lot to do with the development side, which is – that was a very interesting thing. I forgot who said it. I have no idea who said it. I have to go and, and figure that out. But it was very interesting who – you know, that, that, that was brought up because it's very true. Like, you know, you look, at, you look at this Angels farm system, and there is a lot of talent. I mean, we just named off – all three of us have three or four – or you know, a different guy that's our dude that we think is going to be a dude. And it's like, well, he's athletic. He's an up-the-middle talent, and, and every single one of them, including Edgar Quiro, is an up-the-middle talent. And, you know, they have something that, you know, they have a nice swing, you know. or we, Actually, it's, it's kind of funny. We didn't mention a pitcher, did we? So the one thing that the Angels... It's funny that we didn't bring up a pitcher and we drafted 20 of us. <laughs> no, we, we don't need to get into that. I think I think we know where that whole thing, you know, lies. So, you know, I, I just think it's... I think it's interesting that, that that quote was brought up that, you know, the Angels could have, if everything worked out, a top 10 farm system in baseball. And I, and I truly believe that. And I, Andrew, I don't know if you agree with that. Or Nate, I don't know if you agree with that. But I, there's just so, there's a lot of raw talent. It's just producing that raw talent, you know? So I completely agree with that. That's one of those sentiments that I've, like every time I hear their bottom, 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 
bottom 10, bottom 10. I look at that and I go, I don't feel that same way. There's so many pro- good prospects that I like that I may like even better than some of the guys I, I put on top 100 just because I feel that there's more potential there. And floor is nice and it's important that you have a, fl- a good floor, but you don't get a lot of the time with a lot of these guys, you don't get impact with floor. You get impact with ceiling. You know, unless unless they're a top ten prospect, you're probably not getting an impactful floor. Oh. So, well, maybe top twenty. Oh, hundred percent. And this this will Nate oh. Nate hates what I my comment, and it, we were just talking about this. Well, he's a major leaguer. Nate, how much do you hate that comment when I mention it? Because we just talked absolutely, about this. Absolutely hate it. And so, I wanted to even bring up the point of. I would 100% agree with both you guys if it was not the Angels because they have not developed well in a long time. This is a this is a farm system that hasn't developed well since the early 2000s, maybe even late 2000s. Like it's been a long time since okay. they well. Okay, so you're gonna get me to this is a hard disagree because you look at that on a roster and how much of those guys are homegrown and how much of those guys are developed through the system. Or, like, even take, for instance, Patrick Sandoval. That was fully Angels development. He didn't come from the Astros. Oh, go on. I agree. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, he didn't come from the Astros fully ready. I, this is this was one of those comments that another uh, person on Twitter said was, name the bottom five in a uh, farm system or organizations. And a lot of them stated Angels because of, development but when you look at the development they actually have developed quite a bit of major league talent i can go back and i have the baseball america's prospect handbook and i look at the 2015 prospects and a good 15 10 to 15 of them have been in the leagues major leagues and about five to six of them are have been spent many many days in the minor league or major league many years in the major leagues and I mean, that's what you want when you're developing uh, players. So I just, I have to disagree with the whole they don't develop players. I actually think it's they don't have the players available more than anything else. Jerry, that's, go ahead and talk about the uh, why I hate the <laughs> major leaguer comment. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, going to what Andrew said there, I think that there hasn't been meaningful players if that makes sense like oh, yes that, yeah okay, th- that's the big that's the big difference there and and i that's where i don't even like we've talked we talk about luck on on a constant basis on this and we were actually just talking yes. about it with with steven risotto and and you know he was he's a writer for the giants and we talked we were trying you know just kind of talking about how much luck did the giants have this year i mean they weren't really even and i didn't want to call it luck per se but i mean you look at how many teams you know have have a good year and a lot of it has to do with you know that luck so it's about time that the angels strike you know with some of these guys and if that's patrick sandoval and he becomes a comes a nice three starter you know that's that's a nice like they traded martin maldonado for for patrick sandoval if i'm not mistaken so yeah yeah, so I mean that's I mean Martin Maldonado is still catching and he has a World Series ring and he's competing for another World Series ring and that's that's fantastic. He's gonna 
possibly win a gold glove this year and and go on and such like that. But yeah, I think it's time that, you know, the Angels strike some luck with some of these guys and and it's it's tough. It's tough to uh it's tough to get really dive deep into this because I just don't know what changes on, on that side of things. You know, we we've seen multiple multiple general manager changes. We've seen a lot of changes in the in the front office and the development side of things and it just doesn't seem to work out. And Nate, I know in the back of your head you're saying, Well, there's one thing, but you cannot blame that one thing for development at this point, unfortunately. I, I wish you could. Like you'd want you Angels had a top five prospect in baseball on Joe Adele and you know, we just don't know what he is yet. I think he's still developing and I think a lot of us will agree with that. And yeah. It, 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 it is what it is. So going to what Nate had to say about, about the major leaguers thing, like I say this all the time, you look at Taylor, Taylor Ward and you look at Matt Thice and those guys were late mid to late first round picks and, and they are major leaguers, you know, they're, they're producing at the major league. Yeah. They're, they're producing at the major league level. They're not producing to what a pick behind Matt Thice or Taylor Ward was, which was Walker Bueller or such like that. But you, I, I don't know. I, I think that that comment is is kind of a is kind of a tough one to to swallow. I know first rounders need to be top talent. So, well, this actually was a really interesting conversation. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation that we had. I, not that I'm I'm trying to switch on to uh, on to my next question here, and, and it's kind of an interesting question that I that I have for you guys. So, Shohei Otani was named the Players Choice um, Player. Uh, AL player of the year if I'm not mistaken today such like that I'll start with Nate Nate where does this season rank all time and Andrew I'll let you think about that because I think me and Nate have kind of talked about this a little bit I, oh my gosh I <laughs> feel like if question. I say I feel like if I say two I'm gonna get some some angry tweets and stuff but I I I will not look past. I, you can tell me Barry Bonds had took steroids, all that. Seventy-three home runs is absolutely ridiculous. The dude was getting walked with the bases loaded, <laughs> and the winning run on second base. Like that's things you just don't see. Like Mike Trout hasn't even had that happen to to him. Uh, maybe once, maybe once. But um, Bonds' season is just so hard to get over. I, I know it was you know the juice ball, the juice guys, whatever, but. To make things a little bit more even, I mean, most of the guys on the mound were juicing too, so it's not like it was an unfair playing field, especially you look at McGuire and so, so they were probably juicing as well. I'm not going to say all these guys were juicing, but like from what it looks like, they were all juicing. And so, yeah, Otani, I know he was able to pitch and, and hit, and I think just the second half is, is why it's not not number one. I mean, you look at the second half, and it was, it was not – as good as the first half. And I think you you saw him at the All-Star game, the home run derby and everything, and everyone was so excited to watch his second half and see how much better he was going to get. And it kind of plateaued right there. So I, I'm still sticking with Bonds as the best of all time season-wise, but it, it's it's up there. Definitely. Andrew, what do you got on this? Hey, where, where does this rank for you all time? I, I mean, I know we're both, we're all three of us are pretty young here. We're, we're in our twenties, so I don't know how you know, we, we didn't see Babe Ruth play, we did we barely saw Barry Bonds play, we barely saw we didn't see Hank Aaron, we didn't see Willie Mays, but where does it rank for you statistically? Because we are all stat freaks. Um it depends on what you mean by all time. 
and what your ranking is. Because as a spectacle, it's number one. As an impact, it's probably maybe in the top 20. That's still amazing, though, for, for what that's, the Angels... That's, yeah. Okay, that's fantastic. <laughs> You're talking about like 150 years of baseball. That's amazing. So, like, it's it's astounding. So, I just want to make sure you're like people are aware. It's not a knock to say top twenty. It's you, you know you just it's that's you just don't get that very like I, maybe Mike Trout's first year you could consider in the top twenty, but you you just don't see it often because that was like the best that was probably the best season anybody's had in recent memories is Mike Trout's first year, right? Yeah, no, that that's um, I mean you look at. I hate the Miguel Cabrera thing. Miguel Cabrera didn't have a better season that year. Um, no, no, not at all. Not not by any means. the The closest closest one. I mean, Nate brought it up. Barry Bonds. I know Willie Mays had some had some fantastic years, and there's some other fantastic years sprinkled in. Like you look at, and and you actually mentioned like the spectacle side of things. Like yes, the enjoyment uh, of a season. That I mean, Mike Trout on a yearly basis for me is is enjoyment. But like Ichiro. The, when he broke the all time, when he broke the single season hit record, that yeah. that's a fantastic year. Um, Bonds, like any time a, a a record is broken, that's a, that's a fantastic year. And I think you can kind of say that this year a record was broken. You know, like it yeah. it, it it was an unbelievable unbelievable year for Shohei Otani. So I just wanted to kind of feel out where where you guys were because I'm a little bit lower on that than you guys. I think he had a had a fantastic year. And and nothing against Shohei Otani, and and we'll get into why I think it's it's a little bit lower on a nope. podcast a little bit down the road because I mean they have something something brewing and and, and it's going to be kind of interesting once the season ends. The very first podcast ever the season ends, you guys are going to want to probably listen to that because we we have a lot of a lot of interesting comments to say about about the season. But for me right now, I, I'm it was a great season. It was a spectacle of a season, like like you mentioned, Andrew. But I, I can't rank it all that high. I think Bonds was better. I think Trout's had a lot of season. And I'm big into the war side of things. So I, I just don't, you know, I, I'm, it was great. It was a really good season, but I, I'm not going to put it that high on a performance standpoint. Granted, he was unbelievable. You know, he pitched, he hit, he did everything. And, and it was a lot of fun. So next thing I want to say, and, and this is just from a marketing standpoint, you know, little comments here and there from, um, from PETA. Um, guys, do we have any suggestions for them for a new bullpen name? And, and we can just keep it the bullpen because I guess the Bulls are clearly not happy with the pen. I, I don't know where this is going. Andrew, I don't know. Did you see this? P- Peter came out and said that they, that baseball needs to change the bullpen to the arm, arm barn. Yeah, I saw that. I <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. Um, I saw a few suggestions. I think my, my favorite was relievers row, but I don't know if I would call that like out. Oh, what I would call the bullpen or rather just a great bullpen that like, you know, like the Yankees bullpen a couple of years ago, that was just so deadly yeah. that you just, you couldn't go through it. So it's, it's kind of like murder's row, but it's reliever's row. Um, but I saw the best tweet I saw about it was, uh, a former major leaguer. I can't, can't remember his name off my top of my head, but he was like, you know, if they don't like what the bullpen's called and Matt, uh, Imagine what they're gonna, <laughs> how they're gonna react when they find out what gloves are made out of. <laughs> I, th- I think Evan Grant, uh, Texas Rangers reporter, said that about the balls. Imagine what how they're gonna re- react when the, they figure out what the balls are made out of. Yeah, that that was funny. I'm, 
I'm all for that. I think that that was a great marketing scheme by PETA. Um, there's no shot on God's green earth that changes. But Nate, give me a, give me your best suggestion for a new bullpen name. And I don't want any sass from you either. But that's no fun. Um, I, I just think that it's kind of ironic, before I get into the bullpen name, that they go from protecting animals to basically making it sound like they're less than human in the bullpen. You know, like, they are only they only have arms. Like, that's all they're good for. Um, human rights, but, Nate. Human rights. Hey, you said it, not me. Um, I, I saw the gas chamber, or which would be a little iffy. That's uh, tough again. I mean, come on, Pete. I'd be better than that one. Um, oh, there, there was one that I saw that was really good. Oh man, I'm blanking on it right now. But it, um, I don't know. But it had something to do with everyone throwing hard, which everyone does now. So it's it's kind of like it. It will be interesting to see if if that were the case. They they named it something about gas or fire or flames or whatever, and then five ten years from now. Do you guys still throw this hard? I, I don't know. Like, will they have everyone in the bullpen still throwing 95 plus, or will they go back to some guys that are 88, 91 guys? So, I don't know. I, it's, it's a publicity stunt. It's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I know. We just wasted three minutes talking about this, but it, it was enjoyable. And I, I, okay, random question off the top of your guys' head, and I don't think anybody knows this. I'm sure we can figure. I'm sure all we have to do is Wikipedia, and we can find it out. But anybody know why it's called the bullpen? Uh, I don't, exactly. I, mean, I have the baseball encyclopedia that probably has it, but. No, uh, I just figured off the top of my head, like, if anybody knew, I Nate, maybe, Nate, without looking it up, do you know? No, I'm looking it up, though, just to see if I can find it for you. I'm sure, I'm, I'm just, you know, randomly throwing it out there. I think it's kind of, that's kind of funny that, I don't even know why we call the bullpen, you know, like, I, I think I've heard it before, but let's get on to our next uh, topic here and that is gold gloves I'm, I'm super i'm pretty excited to talk about this one angels have two finalists probably should be three we'll talk about that in a second uh, angels have two finalists that's jared walsh and david fletcher first off are we surprised by and i'll start with andrew andrew are you surprised by either one of these guys being a finalist i don't know if any of them win it but are you surprised by it um i'm I'm surprised a little bit by Jared Walsh, just because I'm not sure how much recognition. I wasn't sure how much recognition he would get. I am not surprised by Jared uh, David Fletcher. He probably will win it. He is the best, um, best defensive short or second baseman in the game. So, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it. Um, Nate, Nate, what do you got on uh, on these two Gold Glove finalists? I'm not really shocked by Fletch. I mean, I think Joe Madden would have lost his mind if Fletcher wasn't at least in the top three because I, I can't tell you how many times we heard him say that David Fletcher should win a gold glove. How many? It, it felt like every week towards the end of July we heard that for every week for the rest of the season. Um, Walsh is an interesting one. I First base is always kind of one of those positions, too, where the gold glove kind of just goes to the the guy who makes some flashy plays. Like, I, I always bring this up. I always get hammered for saying this. But Eric Hosmer is one of the worst defensive first basemen in baseball, and that guy's got, like, multiple gold gloves. Um, you can look it up. Fangraph's it. He's, he's really not good over there at first base. I think this year he actually might have been okay. Like, this could have been the best year of his career. Um, 
but no, he, it, it really became like a, a name game at first base where it kind of comes with the territory with gold glove. But I mean, it really is a name game at first base. It feels like. Yeah. So I think there should be two different gold gloves at this point. I think you need to have a statistical gold glove and I think you need to have an on the field gold glove, if that makes sense. Like you look at David Fletcher and statistically, you know, he, he's not a great second baseman, but you look at, you know, we've, we watch David Fletcher on a nightly basis and, and you look at what he does and, and he's unbelievable, and I think that, you know, Gooby, uh, I, every single time I listened to it, it was like, you know, David Fletcher's in, you know, flying around the infield, you know, and, and I think it was Gooby that kept always saying that, like, David Fletcher is everywhere. So that that's, um, I think there needs to be two different cool gloves at this point, as weird as that sounds. Like, I think you need to have a statistical one, and I think you need to have an on-field one, because there are just so many new stats, and, and you look at, I'll mention, I'll, I'll, I'll run off some stats here in a second about catchers because I think Max Stassi should win the gold glove behind the dish. Um, but, yeah, I think that, I definitely think there needs to be two of them at this point. I, I don't think it'll ever happen, but, you know, it'll be kind of interesting. So, on to my Max Stassi rant that I'm about to go on, and, and guys hold tight here because I have a lot of stats to throw at you guys, and, and then a question at the end. So, we have Sean Murphy, Martin Maldonado, and... Uh, Come on, baseball. Salvador Perez as the finalist for catcher. I swear, if Salvador Perez wins the gold glove, I have no faith in baseball. So let's just run off these stats here. For Sean Murphy, he should win the gold glove. He caught 923 innings, had a 19.6 defensive war from Fangraphs, 10 defensive runs saved, 8 runs extra. That's from Baseball Savants. And in 8.9 framing. That's from Baseball Prospectus. I like to use as many different pages as I can for catchers because I think that everybody gets their own opinion on on catchers. And, and yeah, I think that that's kind of how catching should work when you look at stats. Uh, Martin Maldonado caught 1,010 innings. He had a 12 defensive war, negative two defensive run saves, uh, two runs extra, and a 2.1 framing. And then Salvador Perez, he caught 1,003 innings. He had a negative 5.9 defensive war, a negative 5 defensive runs saved, negative 19 runs extra, and a negative 13.3 framing. And now on to Max Stassi. Max Stassi only caught 703 innings, so that's fair. He didn't qualify, and I don't know if qualification should matter or not. He had a 17.1 defensive War, that's second in the AL. He had 10 defensive runs saved. That's tied for first in the AL. He had six runs extra. I think that was tied for third in the AL. And he had a 12.2 framing from Baseball Prospectus. And that's first in Major League Baseball. So I don't know where the innings you know, limit should be. But when we look at catchers, they're not catching as much as they should have. And I'll start with Nate here on this one. Max Stassi should be the um, the Gold Glove winner, correct? Not even after you know, the stats that I just you know rattle off there, but just watching him compared to to Kurt Suzuki, and Kurt Suzuki didn't have a great year behind the plate, but I think that Stassi should be in the mix, right? Regardless of the innings caught, he definitely should be in the mix. I, I it's curious to see. I'd be curious to see where he ends up because I know. He, he could still technically end up fourth and they only they only will show the top three but um, yeah I'm, I'm definitely curious to see where he ends up in this and how much uh, playing time went into that and I know 
we brought it up multiple times this year coming off the hip surgery. He was probably not going to be able to catch too many games, and he just happened to get injured a couple times as well. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a tough thing. I, I do think that innings do, do matter a little bit, though. I mean, not that Salvador Perez should win this thing at all, and I'm not saying that one bit, but the fact that he was able to go out there and play 161 games is absolutely ridiculous. They, like, were, they weren't all I, catching, I, though. Come on. I don't care. Like, <laughs> the fact that he was able to play 161 games is ridiculous. Oh, and did, did we mention the fact that he? I know offense plays no meaning into this award at all, but the fact that he, the home runs and everything, like, you're not supposed to hit that many home runs catching every single day. And, yeah, he didn't catch every single day, but he caught 150 games or so. I think he had like 12 days where he was DH or 11 days where he was a DH, something like that. But, I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous to see the season he had. Uh, he does not deserve the gold glove, but he does deserve a lot of recognition for how many innings he put in behind the dish. So I do think innings should matter a little bit because we can't be having a guy who who's a – we can't have a Jeff Mathis who, who plays, you know, let's say he were to play 30 games or something like that. It's like, well – he, he could be in the top five in all those stats and technically winning, catching, you know, 30 games worth. So that's why I think that innings should matter. But, you know, if you play about half the games, that should, that should get you uh, qualified. Yeah. Um, never, ever slander Jeff Mathis' name like that again. Rhodesy, finish it off for us. That was not slander. <sighs> so uh, I am going to be completely biased here, and I – and I, you're probably right about the numbers, um, but it definitely should be Max Stassi. Um, you know, when you when you look at, it wasn't just a numbers thing like you pointed out. It was also a field thing. You could tell that the entire team got better when the t- when Max Stassi was in there. And yes, uh, Salvador Perez did play a lot of games. He played 161 and caught 100 and was catching 120 of them. By the way. Um, yeah, he, he did play all those games. He wasn't the greatest defensively. It, it feels like this is more of going back to the old days where this is more about offense. Who was the best offensive player? And it was trying to reward him for such, which I understand. Um, but in terms of the catcher probably ranked there, he's probably last in terms of defense while Maldonado's probably first. Um, but yeah, I do think the stats, he should have won it just even with the less, uh, least amount of plate appearances and innings caught, um, it just he was so impactful when he was in there, and it was just so apparent when he wasn't. And um, he it, he contributed more to to his team winning than I think Salvador Perez did, even with those home runs. Yeah, I I, um, I agree with you there. I think you know watching Max Stassi catch and and it, it's an art. I've told. A lot of uh, a lot of catchers this before. It's it's an art. It really is. It's 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 uh it's very it's a dance. <laughs> as bad as weird as that sounds, it's it's special to watch catchers catch because, like I said, it's an art. It's not something that everybody can do, and it's it's not easy. Yeah. So, I'll finish it off with this. I'll, I'll say that you know if if Kurt Suzuki caught a thousand games, that's what Salvador Perez. Um, that's what Salvador Perez was. So not to slander Perez. Ouch. I think he had a I think he had a fantastic year, but 
I just don't think he's very good defensively. I think he handles the the rotation really well. I think he handles pitchers very very well, and he's a great communicator. And and when it's all said and done, he may end up being a, a major league manager if if he desires to be so because it's Salvador Perez. And I mean, heck, he might be the next Royals manager for all we know. So, yeah, I, I'm with that. So. Andrew, tell us everywhere we can find you, your writing, your work, Twitter, in anywhere, you know, anything you want to put out about yourself. Uh, yeah, so you can find me, obviously, at Prospects1500. Um, and then you can also, my Twitter account is at A underscore Road77. Um, pretty easy there. Uh, yeah, you can find me, always chat with me. I'm always down to talk baseball. Um, I don't get enough of it in my, my day-to-day life, so I love to talk baseball at any moment. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on here and, and talking baseball. We're going to have to have you on again because I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of prospect news this, this offseason with the Angels. And I know that you know your prospect stuff because you have that top 50 out there at Prospects 1500. Guys, go check that yeah. out. If yeah, if you haven't already, go go check out Andrew's work. He does a fantastic job for, for Prospects 1500 and go follow him on Twitter. So, Nate, any final thoughts? I, gotta, I get to give you that before we go. Go Braves. Oh my God! All right, yeah, go Braves! You're you're right. All of America is is rooting for the Braves, and and um, I'm gonna go get my free taco here whenever that comes out. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Really do appreciate it. If you can go subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it, go ahead and leave us a review. Leave us a five star review if you if you think we deserve it. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate on Twitter at Nate Green thirty four. You can go complain to him. He loves when people complain to him. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.